0: we got an hour to get through all this, so we're going to have to be, get on a journey here real quick. And uh, we got quite a bit to go through, so I want to make sure you guys get everything you hope to get out of this class. Uh, I realize that branding and uh, marketing and social media and websites and all that, uh, definitely want to come back to next class because we're going to be covering websites, apps, social media, all of that stuff. So if you have a business or a church or an organization you're getting ready to start, this will apply to all of those. So, uh, since I don't have an MC, I guess I have to MC myself. So, let me read this just so you guys are aware. So, welcome to Belding and Engaging Church Brand. Everyone will notice and remember in your community this is part one. Uh, the presenter is Jason Westbrook, myself. Uh, you guys are in room LC number one. Uh, so, any kind of the branding and stuff is all going to be here, class after class. So, uh, there is coffee in the lobby. So, make sure you guys, if you need that, help yourself at any time. Um, And then um, I'm the owner of Mission Creative Co. I do websites and apps specifically for churches. I do a lot of small businesses as well, uh, but uh, do a lot of churches. And you can reach me direct. It's on your information there, but I'll say it anyways. Uh, You can reach me direct at jason at missioncreativeco.com. And my phone number is right there, 614-226-2075. All right. Um, if you didn't get one of these packets, is anybody didn't get a packet? If you didn't get a packet, come on up here if you don't mind and grab one of those. Um, I want to give you guys a little bit of a frame of reference of who I am first because it will make sense. Uh, since I was 12 years old, uh, I've been pursuing ministry uh, hardcore. I've been a pastor, lead pastor, executive pastor, student pastor, creative pastor. I've done... Pretty much everything except for children's pastors, thank God, not, didn't have to do that one. So I realize that's a hard one. Uh, but I've been doing this now for, you know, 18 years. I'm, I'm 37 now. Started out when I was uh, 18, 19 years old and just really excited to be able to share. It's a privilege to be here with you guys this morning. And uh, So you're not getting information from somebody that's not been in church. You're getting somebody that's been at all fronts. And one of the things I realize is that everybody in here is at different stages of their ministry, different history, different ages. So I don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable that, hey, you know, maybe I shouldn't be in this class or anything. that. We want you guys to be comfortable and enjoy what you're going to be learning today. And so no matter where you are, no matter what the history of your church is, today is about the same thing that every class is about. It's about advancing the kingdom. It's about helping reach one more person for Jesus. And that's what we're after And so we are now moving to a millennial generation. We have millennials taking over everything just because that's just the natural way of life. And uh, one thing that the millennials need to remember is that uh, their parents and grandparents got them to the place that they have the opportunities they have today. So many of you guys in here that are older than me, I'm 37, but many of you that are older than me, it's because of you that guys like me get to do this. And so we want to say thank you. To everyone that's older than the millennials, we have to now turn our focus to passing the baton on to the next generation. And so we have to throw out and be uh, ever more conscious of how to reach the next generation. Because if we don't reach the next generation, we will, we will be losing this fight. And we do not want to lose this fight. We do not. Uh, we, we do change any method. We do whatever we've got to do to reach one more person for Jesus Christ and that's what it's about. So a lot of times people ask me what, you know, what is it that you do? Especially if I'm on an airplane or somebody that's not uh, in, in a church, I always call myself a digital missionary. Because that frame of reference for me is, it, sh- it shows my heart to the person I'm doing business with or helping. Uh, it also kind of keeps me uh, tuned in, in why I do what I do. Um, so I see myself as a digital missionary. Uh, so, uh, and it also is a good way to you know, kind of open up dialogue. So let's get right into it. Uh, If you didn't get a packet, there's some packets up here, but I really want to make sure you guys get this in your hand. And I was told there's a system called Skid. Forgive me, I don't even know what that is, but we'll make sure that that's uploaded on there. But let's get right into it. So go on there inside your page number one. We're really going to be covering a few things. We're going to be covering pretty much how to create a brand from scratch. Brand formation, brand naming, slogans, brand strategy. I want to start out with why mission statements, values, and culture points aren't really as important as they used to be. I want us to be honest for a second. I want to take you guys outside of your normal experience and create a new experience. When was the last time, by show of hands, what was the last time you went to a restaurant because of their mission statement? When was the last time you went to a restaurant bank because of their core values? So you're telling me that none of you have bothered to find out what the mission statement or the core values are of that restaurant or bank. Is that what you're telling me? And the culture points, we have some churches now that are doing culture points. They have this list of 10 culture points. How many of you guys have been to a restaurant or bank or whatever because of culture points or because of their culture? That one would probably a little bit more. Here's the point. The point is nobody's coming to your church because of your mission statement. Nobody's coming to your church because of your values. Nobody's coming to your church because of your culture points. You know why? Because if you have a list of ten culture points an and a mission statement and core values, ask anyone on your team how many of them know that by heart, and you'd, be, you'd get all kinds of various answers. So here's the thing, and forgive me if I'm stepping on your toes. This is just kind of my angle. If it doesn't live at every level of your organization, it doesn't live anywhere in your organization. We're talking about brand. We're talking about branding. We're talking about creating an experience, what people know and to expect of your church that you're a part of. And so I want to frame the reference that right now, more than ever, your brand is what's going to bring people back. Your brand promises what they experience, and so we're going to get into that. So I wanted to kind of set the frame of reference. A brand is the impression or the mark that you leave on someone. Your brand isn't just a logo or a slick marketing campaign. Your brand is defined by what people say you are. What you experience in a product, a service, or a company is what creates your beliefs about what that brand actually is. Your brand is not what you say it is. It's what other people hear, experience, and say that your brand is. So in context of your church, you can say whatever you want about your church, but at the end of the day, your church's brand, what people experience, say, the mark that you leave on it is what they say it is. It's what they experience. So if on your website you say, you know, the best hour of your week, and it's not the best hour of their week, that's not your brand. Your brand is not the best hour of the week, right? So we're, we'll, help you to, we'll help you get, get, to, uh, get to all these things. But if your brand is what people say about you, then perception of your church rules. A lot of times we allow our com- competition or our competitors in church, and we know we're not in competition, but you know what I'm saying. The competition to do our decision making instead of listening to what people are saying about our brand. Your brand goes, uh, goes beyond a logo, a marketing pa- campaign, or a mission statement. You have to build a brand, now this is what's important, on brand promises. Brand promises are in every detail and level of your organization. Justin Keller, on your next page, there's five components of a brand uh, that Justin Keller talks about. And he wrote a book, just so you know, I'm referencing many things from his book, called Rebel Brands by Justin Keller. It's a great book. There's five components of a brand. Number one, it's brand culture, the behaviors and beliefs formed internally. Number two, brand experience, what it feels like to engage with your brand internally, externally, and physically. Number three, brand voice, the tones, the words, the phrases that people identify you with. Number four, brand visuals, the things people see online in print, on video. In your building decor, photography style, fonts, logos, etc. Everything that they see, brand visuals, website, stuff like that. And then last one, brand strategy. The plan you design and execute to position your brand in the market with marketing and development. So brand promises, we're just going to talk a little bit about that and then we'll get to some exercises. But brand promises, it's the one thing that you can guarantee anyone who interacts with your church A brand promise can't just be something we say, it has to be something that we do. It has to be something we are and have conviction in. Our brand promises must live everywhere at every level in our organization. And we know this, that great brands are built on two or three brand promises. Anyone who experiences your organization should be able to define what they can expect when they come to your church. Your brand promises are not your mission statement, they're not your values, and they're not your vision. Your brand promises are defined by who you are, how we live, and what will always be in our organization. Let me break that down in the context of my business. I do websites and mobile apps for churches. One of the most common things that churches have is a small budget and big expectations. Hey, can you make this fifty thousand dollar website for five hundred dollars? No, we can't. Can you make this? You know, do this X Y Z? No, we can't. The expectation and the brand has to match. You know, they have to match. And so, one of the things I've realized in the in the business of helping churches is we have to. Have, one of my brand promises is is respect reality, right? Reality that every church has a budget and every church has a timeline. Not, I mean, seriously, I've had a person call me just recently. Uh, they wanted a full blown website by easter guys easter's 4 weeks away that's not going to happen if you rush the best parts of your ministry they're not going to be the best parts of your ministry take time slow down be intentional enjoy the journey make it quality we have we have plenty of time to get get there let's do the let's let's do the really great things well and be excellent at those and so for me a brand promises if somebody comes to do business with me they know I'm going to be fair with their budget and I'm going to deliver within a reasonable time. That's what they come to expect. And so if I don't do that, then that's not a brand promise that I can keep. And so we, I want to help you guys through some exercises to identify some of the brand promises that are actually happening in your church that you can actually do that are help you strategically really give you an edge and a specific identity that will help you stand out in your community. So on your first exercise there, brand evaluation, brand evaluation. And you can reference back to the five components of all brands. But I want you to write down in there under brand experience, brand voice, brand visuals, brand strategy, brand culture. And if you can't figure them all out, that's okay. It's just an exercise. But I want you to write down some strengths, one or two strengths in each area real quick In those boxes, write down a strength. What makes your experience at your church? What is one or two things that is a really strong thing? Maybe you have just, your worship is just amazing. You have great worship. That would be one. Write down one of those strengths. Your brand voice would be some of the tones, the words you say. Visuals would be your website. Maybe your website, a one out of ten, if you say, that would be a weakness. Don't put that as a strength. And just so you know, if you've had a website for five years and you haven't changed it, that's a weakness, not a strength. And we'll talk about that next session. <laughs> brand strategy, that could be you know, how you're, how you're marketing your, your, your brand and the brand culture. And you can also write down some weaknesses on those. So just think of a few things. I'll give you a couple minutes here. So what are we doing? We're evaluating your brand right now. We're finding out what are your strengths, of your church, what are the weaknesses of your church that you guys are can recognize. And then in the last box, and I know we're I'm sure you're working through this, but the next the last box there is who or what needs to change to go for you to go to the next level. What needs to change? Maybe your maybe your website is a weakness. Well, I need to change my website. Or maybe the person that's doing your website or your app or leading in ministry, maybe they need to Move on or you need to find a different person. I'll give you guys one more minute here. And you can, you'll be able to take this home and be able to do more with it. But I want to at least get you guys set up. All right. And I know this is kind of rushing and I get it. So feel free to take this home and work on it. But just for the sake of time, because I do want to answer questions too. Your next page over there, it talks about what are your brand promises. Write down maybe one or two or three things that you say about your brand. What are, what are the things that you say on your website? What are the things you say at your church? Maybe your church bulletin were building better families. Are you really building better families? Or maybe you focus more on student ministry, but you say you build better families. Write down the statements that you say on your website, your social media, print events. What are the things that you're saying consistently, the statements? Write those down. And then to your right of there, you can put always true, sometimes true, rarely true. Going back to a mission statement, uh, I know a lot of mission statements right now are reaching people far from God. Um, If your church is really small, uh, and and I I realize this is sensitive, I realize that we're all at different levels and whatever. But if we're saying we're reaching people, but we're not reaching people, then we're not really reaching people. So that our mission statement may not be something that would be considered our brand promise. Maybe it's something else like, you know, we have really good relationships or whatever it is. So write down your statements there, always true, sometimes true, rarely true. And if you can get to one of the statements that is always true, our goal is to get two or three brand promises that are always true about your organization. If somebody does business with Mission Creative Co., they will always get a friendly phone call. And I'm not saying that's my brand promise, but I'm saying is, they will always get a, a, a very friendly phone call and help because that's who I am. And who you are, no matter what you say, is always going to be your brand and your brand promises. So I'm trying to help you guys determine what are the things that you actually are, not what you say, your brand promises. So when you get through that second exercise, write down the one or two or three things that are always true. That's going to help you identify what your brand promises are. So, maybe one of them is building better families. Yep, we say that. We are doing that. We're killing it. Great kids ministry, great great student ministry, that is a brand promise. That's something that people come and know to expect in your church, in your community. That is the place to go if you want great student ministry, great children's ministry. So, as that one example, that is one of the ways that you are going to really stand out in your community. That's the way you're going to start messaging and, and talking and sharing and, and speaking on your social media and your websites and all that stuff. That's the kind of stuff that you want to really get out there so people can know this is what they're going to come and expect. All right, go on to your next page there. I want to just I want to, uh, explain this. Ross Honeywell says this, Consumer Behavior is largely predictable once you understand that it's not just about demographics, income, or uh, any other single factor that drives spending, but a combination of distinct values, attitudes, and behaviors. In other words, relying on demographic profiles just doesn't cut it anymore. You have to go deeper. I'm not saying that that's not important. Those are important factors. But the millennial generation, now listen to me for a second, this is very true, what I'm about to say. The millennial generation, this is what they think about. They, if, this is how you're going to hone in on a millennial generation. Let's think about their problems or their needs. What are the problems or their needs? What do they value? How, what, how do they think? And what do they feel? If you can identify and figure those out, You will reach millennial people, the millennial generation. The millennial generation more than any time before. You know, it's very mission-driven. They want to support causes. They want to support missions. There's a number of churches doing one for one. You show up to our church, we donate a dollar this Sunday for every single person that shows up to our church. You do that, you're going to get a lot of people that are going to start visiting, and, and wow. Every time I show up, I'm participating to help make a difference just by showing up. That church over there donates a dollar to the food pantry every week or every month. So that's one really simple strategy that you could do that will also attract millennials, will also get people engaged in your church, maybe even help your tenants a little bit. So something to think about. But anyways, I want us to do an exercise, how we're going to discover needs, wants, fears, and unexpressed desires. So over here on your right-hand side, the tribe worldview All of us get connected with a tribe. All of us have a tribe. So I want you to identify one to three, because it's really probably one to two, one, two, or three tribes that your church is trying to reach. What are those tribes? Okay? What are those tribes? So for me, let me just explain it for me. For my business, it's reaching churches, it's helping small businesses, and it's helping bloggers. Those are the three Tribes that I'm in relationship with that I have to base a lot of my products and services to help them. So in your context, maybe your vision, maybe the thing that God put on your heart that tick makes you tick in the morning is reaching kids, reaching students. Write that down. That's a tribe worldview. That's that's their own set of social whatever. You know, that, you know. So one tribe could be your kids. One tri- tribe could be your students. Maybe it's singles. We all have very specific things that we, on our, in our heart that we're trying to do to reach. Maybe you're a church and you're like, I'm in a really rich neighborhood with a lot of entrepreneurs and I'm trying to reach businessmen for the kingdom of God. That would be a tribe. So go ahead and write some of those down. And when you're writing those down underneath the heading, what are their wants? What are their needs? What are they afraid of? What are their unexpressed desires? Let me, let me talk one just to walk you through one. Let's do tribe number one. Let's say it's students. You know what student wants? He wants pizza. He wants video games. He wants a lot of social activity. They're very social. Boys, girls, dating, haha, you know, uh, Snapchat, whatever. They're very engaged in social, community-based things. And they are really into causes. They'll give money to something, believe it or not, to what they believe in. So their want is, is that. Their needs... They have to have social connection. They have to know, am I cool like everybody else? They, they have these, these wants. They want to fit in. They want to be a part of something. That's their needs. Maybe their fear is, I don't fit in, or I'm not relevant, or I'm not cool. Or what? So that's a fear. And then an unexpressed desire would be maybe something that they don't realize after the fact. So maybe their unexpressed desire is, wow, wow. Pastor Clayton back there, and I'm using it because he's my friend of mine. Wow, he really is a great youth pastor. He's like a dad figure to me. I didn't realize that my youth pastor was a dad figure, and I really needed that in my life, because at home, I don't have a dad at home. That's an unexpressed desire. Every tribe will have these things in them, and if you can identify these, this will help you reach them. This will help navigate how you talk and what you say. So... Go on to your next page there. And it's this one. It says like the big box, wants, needs, desires. Once you go through that last exercise, you can write down within your main tribe, underneath wants, what's their wants, underneath what's their needs, underneath that, uh, express desires and their fears. If you write those four things, your audience in the middle... That's how you're going to talk to them. That's how you're going to reach them. That's how you're going to explain and communicate what you're trying to do. And when you wrap all this thing, all this stuff up, all these exercises that I just shared with you, this is how you actually create a brand that people will come to know and expect and will make you completely different than anybody else. So, Wants, needs, fears, unexpressed desires. When you're talking about youth ministry, how you're formulating how you communicate youth ministry since we talked about that as a tribe. Hey, we would love for you to come and check out. We have this big event coming up. We have all the video games, and pizza you can eat. Boom, I'm there. I want to be there. Needs, hey, uh, we have some great ways for you to connect in a community in this event, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's framing how you say, it. and then fears. Maybe they're, you're afraid like you don't fit in. We got some great stuff we're going to talk about in this series at Student Ministry for this event. How to fit in back to school bash. How you, how you fit in at school, and then the unexpressed desire would be you. Maybe you don't say it, but say you have a place to belong. You know, we're so excited for you to belong, and and there's people here that will to help mentor you. See, what I just did was I took. The wants, the needs, the fears, the unexpressed desires, and I just formed it in a complete brand for your student ministry. So you can go back home, take these strategies, and build a very specific laser into your community how to reach those student ministry, how to reach those singles, how to reach those moms, or how to reach those dads, or whatever your tribes are. That's how you do it. Now, I know I covered a lot really fast, so I want to leave lots of time for you guys to ask questions. Before I do that, I want to make aware, if you want me to help you, and I realize I can't answer everybody's questions, I did write down on here on the sheet of paper, if you will write down your information and leave this with me before you leave, I will call you, and I will help you the best of my ability to answer any questions outside today on your brand, your brand visuals. And a lot of this is also going to be a next session about websites and apps. So I want you to stay here for the next class if you're willing. But I want to answer any questions about these exercises, questions about branding, anything. Maybe you can't make the next class. I'd love to help. Whatever questions I can answer for you, I will do my best to answer them. So who wants to start? (laughs) Yeah, Clayton. I'll start. Um, In the last exercise that you were talking about, the tribe worldview, let's
1: say we can identify the tribes that we're trying to reach. Um, how would you suggest going about figuring out the fears and unexpressed desires? So we can, we can identify the tribe. We think we can identify the needs. Like for me, at my age now, it's hard for me to relate to, to millennials. Uh, and even my own kids as teenagers, it's a struggle for me every day to try to figure out one in the world thinking. Uh, how, what's the best way or tool that we could use to figure out what their fears are, to figure out what the unexpressed desires are, so that we know how to navigate
0: those waters? I think the unexpressed desire would be something that's missing, that they typically would recognize after the fact. That's why it's an unexpressed desire, because they just don't realize it till after. But I don't know if you... I, uh, I'll, I'll answer your question this way. When I was at Christ Community Church with you as the student pastor coming on for the first time, I remember the parents didn't trust the youth pastor, the kids didn't trust the youth pastor, and the pastor was, you know, didn't know what to expect. So I was kind of in not a really great position to start. Um, and so the only thing I knew to do was to do a poll with the students and the poll with the parents. And I asked a lot of questions to help identify that. Because I think if you just ask the question in a strategic way, you'll get the answer. So it could be like uh, an anonymous student. Hey, everybody in your youth group, there's 50 kids. We're going to have you fill out this thing. What's something that's missing in your life? Or what's the greatest fear that you have? They'll tell you. They don't know what it's for. You don't tell them what it's for. But if you just ask them in an anonymous way, they'll they'll share that information. And I think that would be a really simple way for you to to find out what that, that fear is. Does that make sense? It does. So what I'm hearing is don't try to go rediscover the middle, just ask them. Yeah, just ask them. Just do it in a strategic way so they don't feel like, oh, wow, what is he, why does he want to know this? You know, a lot of conversation. I wouldn't overthink it at all. Because okay. millennials will tell you whatever they, they think. I mean, okay. yes, sir.
1: So staying in this lane, this idea of students, how would you take that information and to your brand to kind of take those phrases and figure out like what statements you're gonna be using or them through like what what would be the next step
0: yeah um, that's a great question for the sake of time uh, I had some more exercises that I couldn't put in here because really this is a I do a four-hour work workshop on this stuff for churches especially to help them get to that all the way to that bottom line but what you can do in a simple way without knowing those exercises would be take those four uh there's four discussion po- or four points and formulate a message around that. So, um, you know, the only thing I could say that would be easy to remember would be like your next back to school event that you have all night. Lock in, make your message series about a fear, you know, or or an unexpressed desire um, message, what's going to happen with their wants and then put a plug for their needs, like connect with new kids and new relationships and you'll, you'll hit all four of them within one ad. And that's basically, if you can do one, then you just kind of replicate that and just massage it and do it different ways. And you'll speak exactly to their wants, their needs. And so now you're relevant because you're speaking the language that they are. And that's what, makes, that's what really sets brands apart from mission statements of values. If we try to do everything on mission statement values, like I said, when, when did you go to a church because of that? You don't go because of that the only person I know that people go to the church is Stephen Furtick and he's an anomaly elevation does that does that answer your question? hopefully yeah, so you're looking for like images or you're looking for you're, you're looking for something that fits what you just heard. yeah if their fear if their fear is not fitting in I mean that just think of a million ways that you can say that promote that as, as a kind of like a sub thing like hey you know we want to help you connect with, in relationships and feel like you belong you know Yes, sir. So, I, I don't disagree with you, but I, I want to just kind of kind of push on this mission statement. Sure. They're not cutting it anymore, a little bit. You know, I may not patronize a restaurant or patronize a bank uh, because I don't know their mission statements, values, but I won't go work there. And or and like I may not attend a church for the first time, but I won't stay there if I don't know the mission statement and that you know like. Uh, I just want to kind of push on that and hear your yeah. thoughts because, you know, obviously we, this is more, maybe it's, this is more to get people in the doors and maybe is that to help keep them or what are your thoughts on that? What's going to keep the people at your church is your brand, not your, not your mission statement because your mission statement only states the purpose of why you exist, but what they come to experience and let's face it, people come to your church because of what they experience, not because of how great your, there's a ton there's a thousand churches trying to reach people for Christ. Uh, that are you know far from god well what makes one bigger than the other what makes one different than the other it's the brand it's what they come to experience and know and like about that and everybody's going to have a place that they're going to go and they're going to feel called to i totally get that i don't disagree with what you're saying all i'm saying is we have to go a little i think go a little deeper and what's going to keep them so you're, do not do away from your statement. your mission statement is absolutely critical it's important because i think it states your purpose and people want to know your purpose but your brand promises are what they're going to experience because of your purpose. You know what I mean? So like maybe your brand promise is building better families. Well, your mission statement is different than building better families. Your mission statement is to reach people far from God. Well, we do that through building better families. So that's why they're coming to your church, not because of your mission statement. And I would, I would, I would ask, do the research. Find out how, and maybe your, your congregation is different. But I think if you'd ask what your mission statement, probably almost nobody would know. I mean, I lead a young adult group, so that's kind yeah. of my control of our mission statement, values, branding, um, and so what our, what we say every week is do awesome things to people. And, and, and that, I know we have people who stay, and they all know it. And so I, that's kind of why I'm challenged, you know, again, maybe that's because it's because our brand promise at this point. Is yeah, that. You, Yeah, it's probably, it sounds like it's probably the both and the same. I could see that that could be kind of the same. You know, it's a brand promise. You're actually doing that. But it's actually your mission, too. To do, you know... What did you say? Do awesome things. Absolutely. I think you're on the right track. I think we're saying the same thing. Okay. Thank you for that. Yes, sir.
1: This, this might be a little unique. Okay. I've been a prison chaplain for 32 years. Time. I am pastoring uh, a synagogue church. I got my wife, very small, about 10 feet. The pastor that was there before I came, She <coughs> moved from the community into an area where there's a uh, shopping mall. And, but there's also a church about maybe, I don't know, maybe a half a mile, it's called Spirit. <coughs> <laughs> I'll remember all type of youth everybody knows I have both the senior citizens. The name of the church is called The Family Life Ministry Center. What I went there, I asked them, what do the name Family Life Ministry Center mean to you? What does this mean? No one knew, okay? We tried, I got another church We it from Christian Bible school this summer. We only drew about a couple of kids from the community. Kids from other communities came from the, from the church. Uh, they said they don't think they can work with you.
0: And so I'm my hands, my arms open. What can I do? Yeah. So, Go ahead. So, is your question how you can help reach more like youth and?
1: Well, no. Just what can I do here to (laughs) a the church,
0: get church known, get the people excited about? Yeah. Well, um, this is just my opinion. I don't get excited about visions, culture points, or mission statements. Cause I've, I've been, I've been inundated with that so many, I mean, and some of you guys are too. We've been in churches all our life. A mission statement is a mission statement to me. You know what makes me interested in a ministry? Is my experience with that ministry. Are they family? I have, I have two kids and I got one on the way. I want to go somewhere where my kids love going to church. And that's an experience they had. So when my kids go to church, they expect to have fun. You know what I mean? So for them, that is the brand to them. So, the first thing I would say is find out the need in your community, meet that need, and make it so relational that they are addicted to coming to be around with you because they can't find that kind of relationship anywhere else. And then, how as far as to market that next class, you don't want we'll answer that question. <laughs> that's really what it be, because that's that's a whole other <coughs> conversation. But yeah, marketing it would be, you know, you could do Facebook ads, you could do <laughs> websites, and
1: that I've tried. yeah. Have a woman come this professional. She does a class called Movasai. Every I have another one come you know, to a class on. Uh, it, it, it's it's more of an inner intimate of thing. to so change the value of that from the too old, dried to, to 530. What I did I uh, was supposed to be uh you know sort of uh pursued like maybe and uh, kind it of took job community. But uh, I'm just lost on even knowing the type because I you know, asked them what they want to do.
0: They you know, just come to church, and you know, everything. I think the best the best form of advertising in a small church like that is going to be just relationships. Them invi- having having dinner, finding some ways for them to connect in a small way, and let it build from there. I mean, it's kind of tough when you're really that small. And I get, trust me, I get it. You have probably a small budget. And you're trying to, how do I do all this? Just start with what you have, because you know what. The bottom line is we all want to reach lots of people, but if we reach one, we've done our job. And I think that's something to be so. I commend you, and I think it's a... I count it a privilege like you that if we just reach one person for Jesus, we've done well. So... But I would love to answer any more questions. Fill out that form at the end, and I'll call you. We'll talk. We can talk. Anybody else? I saw a hand over here. Yes.
2: Um, so, let's say you've gone in, you've defined the brand, you created graphics, you've created a website, you know who you are, you're, you're targeting your audience well. What... Would you recommend as far as, like, the day-to-day sustainability of that brand and of that website? Because uh, I know a lot of churches don't have, you know, the staffing to really be able to target those areas.
0: So, what specifically, what are you asking me?
2: Um, day-to-day sustainability of a brand.
0: Wh- um, can you give me an example of what you mean specifically?
2: Um, so... You've created a website, and Mm -hmm. it has your mission statement. How do you, or your brand, you've really nailed down kind of that crossroads where your brand and your mission statement are intersecting well. Uh, (coughs) What do you recommend to church pastors to then take it the next step? Um,
0: Well, that could be a little bit difficult sometimes because... um, uh, because you can identify your brand, but you still have to execute it, right? So we're talking about application and consistency and all that. Um, and I know because I'm, I'm a small business owner, and I'm not as consistent with my stuff that I should be. Because to me, it's always like the afterthought. Um, and social media specifically isn't really meant for conversions. It's meant for top of mind. So when they're ready to find that place or connect or a service, then they remember who to go to. So everybody thinks Facebook is a silver bullet for business. I spent hundreds of dollars learning this the hard way. It's not a conversion tool. It's it's a way for you to help keep your brand top of mind so your community knows that you exist. So when they experience a relationship or this, oh yeah, I've heard of that place, you got them. Um, specifically, I've met those needs in my business. We offer a, a, like a basically like a service service package to help churches do that because a lot of them can't update their website they don't want to they're too busy they don't even care to so we help them with that type of thing um that's one way or you know trying to find and recruit some some students or some you know college students that maybe want to create it begin at the beginning find a build a creative team maybe it's one or two people build a creative team that can that can do that. I mean, all those kids love social media. Give them a box. Here's 10 things that you can say in a different way. Here's access to as many f- photographs that you want. Would you just take over some social media? And, and you know it would be really fun? Um, you know how we all have like a, uh, a multimedia bar, if you will, in the back of our church? Why not make a social media bar in the back and build a team back there that takes pictures of your church service every single Sunday is live tweeting your your pastor's message points. Make it fun for these students to get involved. They will do that. They're great at it. They do it every day. Get them involved. Do a social media bar just like the multimedia guys over here doing Pro Presenter and PowerPoint and, and Sound. Get in table right next to them. Build a team doing that. You'll be surprised how many people will be excited to go around and take pictures with their phone. you know. And, and and I realize it may be a little bit of a disruption, but if you can begin to build that culture. you'll. I mean, you see a lot of churches now, what they do after service. They do a highlight of their entire service on social media. Here's five things that happen at church this Sunday. That's one of the best things you could do visually right now on social media that people will like, post, see themselves in a picture, share it.
2: So, in terms of like phone photography, if you built a a brand uh, based on really high quality photos and that type of thing, because the the visual piece of it seems to be really important, um, does like phone quality pictures then hurt to add those to your feed
0: or not necessarily? Not necessarily, because it really comes down to the it comes down to the end user how they take the picture, how they, uh, line the graphic up and all that layout, the way their eye for design, if they could do that with the phone, you could take lots. Of, I mean, you see on Instagram, tons of pictures of like, wow, that's a pretty sweet picture. So they can do that. And there's tools. I think there's one called Canva or Canvas where you could do a lot of that even within the app. There's another one called mixtures. Um, so yeah, they could do that, but I would be very careful about that. If, you're at that level, then you probably need to hire somebody internally or externally to do that if you're trying to be at that level. If not, then, you know, just make some kind of brand standards like, hey, uh, 80% of the time take pictures of people because we're building better families. We want to make sure kids and families present your brand, you know. Any other questions? That's a great question. Any other questions? Yes, sir. Worry about permissions with that kind of thing, or are we now in an age where people don't really? You have to consult your lawyer on that one because I don't know. I won't answer that one. I, I don't know. I see people take pictures. I don't know. I think they just do it.
2: Church. You mean yeah. with pictures of people. Yeah, as long so as you they're... have someone taking
0: pictures during the service and live tweeting.
2: In a public setting, you don't have to have permission, but it's kind to post like a little disclaimer somewhere mm-hmm. in your church that you know, as you enter the sanctuary, you are giving permission to be viewed on social media, website, blah blah blah. It doesn't have to be super noticeable, but it's just a you know courtesy. Yeah, if kids are in the picture, you have to get permission. Yes. you have to have a consent form we have a sign when you walk in yeah. our friends so like yeah about my
1: student you
0: know should have to opt out yeah and say he cleaned up my godown was a blur your face out right there like yeah can do that all in the right person did. did you have a question? I, I was just going to make a comment. I was going to say, even with all the social media things, you just got to be careful too. Because we had a guy that was in a hostile uh, missionary coming that's in a hostile uh, environment, and so then there was some uh, social media posts on him, and he said, "Hey, can you ask your people to please take those down because he's in a hostile place?" Yeah. <laughs> so just making sure we're aware of that with the yeah. who we who we have speak and things like that. So. Yeah that's that's a great point i had a i did a website for a missionary uh they're china i believe china and they were really freaked out going there in this couple of places so they had to be real under the radar um so i didn't I mean nothing was on you didn't if you didn't know it existed they wouldn't tell you but that was just the way they promoted it you know in, internally but yeah that stuff exists hey man we're all on, we're all trying to advance a kingdom so I
2: think about those things. I know other churches who have put it on there, um, like rotating it out there, scrolling announcements at the beginning. Just a kind of quick little blurb about, you know, your pictures can be taken uh, and used. And if that's the case, they'll go find a pastor and say, hey, I don't want my picture taken and, and not communicated.
0: Great questions, guys. Anybody else? Come on, don't leave a few, got any question you want to answer. I'd love to help, help you. Any other questions? Yes, sir. What's
1: the balance between um, recognizing who you are and how the community views you and then trying to change a little bit of who you are and evolving into that next level and, and communicating that
0: brand before it's actually happened? Hmm. That's, that's that's, I would say that's a little bit of a tougher one. The bottom line is, in, in, and based on my angle, my viewpoint on this subject, I would say you're always going to be who you are. You can say whatever you want to say. You're always going to be where you are. So, your culture, your brand, is who you, who you and your team are, instinctively. So, if you are, uh, and forgive me, I don't want to sound, you know, if you're in a really low budget area, but you're trying to reach really wealthy people, and you say it, it's just never gonna, it's just never gonna happen because that's not who your team is. That's not who you are. So, but I think you can. You can work on that. You can work, hey, guys, this is where we're headed, but you have to make sure your team and everything represents that. Because if you don't, no matter what you say, it will never be that. We're always going to be who we are. It's like when you get married, you know, you're dating, and uh, and I'm kind of saying this from experience, you know, your your dating life is a preview of your married life and whatever is going on in your dating life will be magnified in your married life or dating married life. So I know when I married my wife, I didn't realize that some things were going to be so difficult between her and I. I mean, especially communication. Because I'm not always the easiest guy to communicate with, obviously, I guess. Um, so that was something we had to work on. But we are who we are. I'm always, she's going to say, well, why aren't you more empathetic? Well, I'm always, going to be like, more, I'm always going to be less empathetic. I'm like, fix it. Let's get it done. That's who I am. I'm not saying I'm I, I can always be getting better at that, but I'm always gonna be have you know be kind of like that. So not to discourage you, try, work on it, but make sure that when you're doing that, make sure you're trying, you know, you're doing it at every level of your organization and, and getting your team around that that uh, exemplifies that and mirrors that. So, in a context of a team, I want my church to go to the next level. Well, the easiest questions would be. Do, do they have the capacity to go to that next level? If they're not, then you've got to find new people to get to that next level, unfortunately. So
1: basically you have to get there before you
0: try to brand yourself I, I would say, yeah. Because cause what happens is, it's hype versus help. All the, a lot of guys think mar, uh, brand and marketing is all about logos and slick this and slick that, performance and whatever. But you can have the coolest, hottest church around and it could be this deep and nobody's going to come back and you're going to have a revolving door, Right. Because at the end of the day, they're coming to experience your brand, what your brand promises are. If you say you're about building better families, but you don't have a kid's ministry, guess what? You're not building better families. You know what I mean? So you're you're just never going to be completing what you're trying to do. So you're, it'll just be frustrating. You know? Yes, sir? Yeah.
1: One of the things we, we have to do with the
0: website <coughs> for SEO purposes
1: is make it dynamic. And by dynamic, meaning a lot of new content is always coming up. Uh, you can close the bulletin obviously put up the uh, PowerPoint slides for events and things of that nature. But how do we automatically prime our church so that for news items, meaning after an event is over with, so that we're getting pictures and all that in appropriate context which can be posted to either a website or to some of the multimedia environments. Your idea to suggest about the church doing some of this is great. But we also need to get this gathered from the various departments, so that the departmental environments and the website—if we pick just the website—in uh, fact is getting fed all the time by this updated content. Our problem with our church is is that our events are advertised really well, bulletin is posted, but we get no updates whatsoever for the uh, for the departmental environments, and, th- and those present a lot of brand.
0: Yeah. I would say that sounds like maybe an, uh, a, an issue of administration and accountability. Hey guys, we want to do this. This is how we're going to do it. We need you to do this. If it doesn't happen, hey, we need to we need to have a discussion. Can you please make sure this happens? It, to me, it sounds like more of an administration issue. Of if you want that to happen, <clears throat> then make sure that they know that it needs to happen and make sure that it happens. One of the and, and I've worked for a lot. For some reason, I've worked for these guys over and over again. I've worked for the pastor every single time. They had great vision, great pep rally guy, but never had systems in place to keep things accountable to what he was trying to do. So he would always be in that position. you know. So we've got to get that number two guy, number three guy, or we got to say in a way or make a standard, brand standard, if you will. This has to be done. Every Sunday we need one or two pictures to promote or this event, especially your staff. If you have paid staff, you have paid, some paid staff or some some volunteer staff. If they're at that level, they call themselves a core leader. Then they should do that if that's what you want. Does that answer a question? Yes. But it sounds like you got some good stuff going on there. I like I like what you what you said. It sounds very structured, which is good. Well. good. Good for you. Yes. Sir.
2: Yeah, I guess just a comment on that. Um, I'm the communications administrator at People's church in Cincinnati, um, and
1: we had like a huge like because we're rebuilding everything. Um, and the huge problem that we had was you kind know, of like that lack of communication, like things weren't getting updated, like data was down time. So we've actually created like um, a communication schedule so that you have like a meeting every month and be like, okay, what things do we need to prepare
2: for this next <coughs> month? What are the cutoff dates and stuff? And that's helped us like infinitely because it keeps everybody accountable and it makes you realize that deadlines do exist.
0: It's hard, it's hard because, um, Going to church in the '90s, you could have great church. You would have a great church. In this generation, you can have a great church and not have great, or you can have great church and not have a great church. I mean, it's it's the truth. It's it's the generation that we have now. Kind of the batons being passed over. They're great at marketing. They're great at they're great at so many fronts. Whereas our generation before, I mean, really, we didn't. We we just started getting the internet. Youth pastors were being introduced, so there wasn't a need or this you know, need to have all these things figured out. But now we're in a place where it's like, man, we have to, these guys coming up do all those things really well. So if we're going to reach them, we have to do those things well. So I would definitely, absolutely, coming from a a, a subordinate role at many times, definitely administration is really important for churches right now. Like, but I don't want to say this either. This, everything that we're talking about, this is all great, but the end of the day, we're reaching people's lives and it's got to be about being obedient in our culture behind it because all the branding and all the visuals it's, it could be sexy and it could be fun. It could be awesome, but that's not what matters. What matters is that we're reaching people and we're loving people. Cause I, I, I know when I was at a church down in Huntsville, Alabama <clears throat> doing some consulting down there and they're running maybe 400 people and they didn't have the best branding. They didn't have the breast marketing, uh, best marketing. But when I stepped in there, man, did that feel like home. And they had something going on. Now, if they could just add those other things, they'd probably grow another, just because of those connection points. So, anybody else? We're almost up for time. Anybody else? All right, can I pray for you guys real quick? Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for every person, every heart here. God, we've had some tough questions. We've had some maybe some new thoughts that we didn't think before. Father, I, I pray that as they leave here, God, that nobody would be offended, nobody would be upset. Maybe, God, just that fresh revelation a fresh understanding for their ministry would come forth because of this class and the next class and the one after that. God, we, we thank you, Lord, that we are on the mission to reach people for you. And Father, I pray that we would have revelation, knowledge, and understanding in this area of our church How can we do better? Help us to identify the things that we need to do better. God, not because we want to look like the guy on the right or the left, but because we want to reach one more person for Jesus. And if it takes a graphic to get somebody introduced into our church and to connect, and they come and hear our message, and they feel the Holy Spirit, and they're born again because of all of that journey, Father, we pray that you would help us to discover that journey in our ministries. God, we thank you for every person here, God. Our commitment to serving you, our commitment to grow and to disciple people. God, and just their willingness to be in this class, just to, to ask questions, to seek help, to want to know what do I need to do, go to the next level. Father, I thank you for every person. In Jesus' name I pray. Help us to have a great service tomorrow and many souls to be one. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, God bless you guys.